We are cutting against the grain. Against the grain. Against the grain. Against the grain. Now your host for Against the Grain. Against the grain. Here's Andrew Perloff. Welcome to Against the Grain. I'm your host, Andrew Perloff. Marvin Prince producing today. Mario Miranda is still on break. So we have three hot Against the Grain takes to start the show off. And then we're going to bring in my good friend and fellow DP show Danette, Paul Paps, to talk about my Chicago Bears. I'm high on the Chicago Bears. Before I even get into my three takes, I'm calling the Bears playoff run right now because they always do this. They always look like they're going to be terrible and find a way to win nine crazy games. Uh, But that is actually not going to be my top three against the grain hot takes. Uh, Number one, you ready? This is going to surprise you, Marvin. Take a prediction of what I'm going to say. Something ridiculous about the Eagles. Yes. Carson Wentz is going to be just fine. Is that ridiculous? Of course it is. This is the most over... Carson Wentz's struggles, which are real, he's looked bad, are one of the most overhyped stories of the year. Okay, he's going to get Alshon Jeffrey back. And Alshon Jeffrey, you know, have you ever heard about his catch radius? If it's within 75 feet of him, you're good. But Carson Wentz last year, let me read you his passer ratings uh, from week... Let's go week five on. 89.6, 89.6, 94, 80, 104, 91, 74, 75. Then, at the end of the season, when they desperately need wins, he goes 93, 97, 109, 108, and then 88.4, but that was a blowout win over the Giants in the last week. He'll turn it on. What happens is, he just says, screw this, I'm not going to protect myself, I'm going to stay in the pocket all day, and I'm going to run forward. It, uh, you know, he's probably been staying in the pocket too much, but he'll get much more mobile when he's in trouble. We saw it in the fourth quarter against the Bengals. Their season is about to completely fall apart. He all of a sudden starts running for first downs, which was not there the first two weeks. I think Carson Wentz is just afraid of his knee, but when push comes to shove, he's going he's gonna to pick it up. He's going to get some pieces back. His line will hopefully gel a little bit. Dude, this Carson Wentz bearing is way premature. Marvin, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. I mean, I always look at you that way when you talk about Philadelphia sports. But like, I'm convincing you right now. You're back on the Wentz, Wentzylvania, Wentz bandwagon, right? I mean, if you say so. But do you think, would you say this if the Eagles were in the NFC West? Oh, no. That'd be trouble town. <laughs> but, but Dan Patrick said to me on, on Tuesday, he's like, what good does it tie to you? I'm like, well, well Eagles are 8-7-1 and one, and the Cowboys are 7-9. Uh, and nine. That'll really help. Uh, which actually leads me to my number two take. Now, I have, via Stats Inc., the strength of schedule for uh, remaining opponents for the rest of the season. Now, according to Stats Inc., there are two teams that share for the easiest strength of schedule throughout the rest of the season, the Dallas Cowboys and the New Orleans Saints. The Cowboys opponents are 13, 23, uh, and 3. I don't know how that's possible. Huh. Uh, 23 and three. How many times? Oh, I guess they must. Oh, they play the Bengals. They play the Eagles twice. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. So they get, uh, they basically have the easiest schedule going forward. They lost at Los Angeles. That's a tough matchup. They lost, uh, they beat the Falcons, got lucky, but that's a good team for 58 minutes. And then they lost at Seattle and they made that down to the last play. Those are really good teams. Listen to the other coming up. They host Cleveland overrated. They should win that. They host the Giants. They better win that. They host the Cardinals on Monday night. Honestly, I think the Cardinals showed 
showed they're not quite there yet against Detroit. Then they go to Washington. Washington stinks, dude. Dwayne Haskins handed that game away to Cleveland. Then at Philly, if Wentz doesn't come back, that's going to be an easy win. I mean, they're about to go on a run. They're Dan Patrick's Super Bowl pick, and I would not count them out despite the one and two start. All right, so where do you have the Eagles finish? Not the Eagles, I'm sorry. Where do you have the Cowboys finishing? Okay, I have them at, I have actually have it. I think they end up at like 11 5, 10 and 6. But don't you think they're always good for like two? Should have won this game. Oh, like the Bills on Thanksgiving last year? Oh, yes. Correct. But the, look at the rest of the schedule. They get Cincinnati on here. Uh, at Baltimore, that's a loss probably. But they get a lot of Eagles. They get the Niners who are all banged up. They got more Giants. There are a lot of wins on this schedule. And that that triumvirate of wide receivers, they're close already to being the best in the league. Cooper's good. Michael Gallup is awesome. He's a star. And CeeDee Lamb is like as advertised already. So then you add in Ezekiel Elliott, supposed to be a top five back. Offensive line, I know they've been nicked up a little bit. Then you have like superstars all over defense. I don't know why they can't stop anybody. What's up, Marvin? But I want to shoot Ezekiel Elliott some bail. They've been behind in a few of their games so far this season. And so you really can't, you know, let Zeke eat, for lack of a better term. Like you really want him to, so yeah. he only gets 12, 13 rushes. No, I'm I'm fine with Ezekiel Elliott, and he's still he'll turn a four yard run into a six yard mm-hmm. run. He's and you know he usually he's been a little he hasn't been as great a receiver this year as I'm used to him, but I I, I have faith in him. I'm fine with the Cowboys. I think they're in a good spot. Mike McCarthy, I'm fine with. I don't have a problem with. We'll see. If actually if they don't win, I'm going to blame him completely. Okay, number three hot take. This is hot. I know they're not going to do it. They said today that there will never be an option. Kyle Shanahan, the Niners coach, said it's not happening. Don't even talk about it. You got to look hard at who's a better quarterback, Jimmy G or Nick Mullins. I know you pay Jimmy G. I know he's handsome. I know he has a Patriots pedigree. Let me throw a stat at you, Marvin, because you're looking at me like I'm crazy, as usual. Only two quarterbacks in NFL history have thrown for 2,600 passing yards and 14 TDs in their first nine career starts. Care to guess who those are? Take a wild guess. They're both playing right now. Nick Foles, Nick Mullins? Patrick Mahomes and Nick Mullins. He is off to the second most prolific start in NFL history. (laughs) No, but if you watch the game this weekend, he was just doing whatever he wanted. He happened not to get the touchdowns because they were running balls in. It was an easy, I know. Let's take that with a grain of salt. Look who they were playing. Yeah. Okay, so they've had the New York run, and that's been pretty easy. But Nick Mullins is a really good quarterback. There was rumors in camp that he was playing better than Jimmy G. Jimmy G's not necessarily a great practice player, so I don't know what that means. Another fact about Nick Mullins, he was uh, the 2012 Gatorade Player of the Year in Alabama. That's probably, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but there were probably more Pro Bowlers in that state at that time. And he's from Hoover, Alabama, where Hoover High, the show was, but didn't go to Hoover, went to a school called Spain Park. But even more impressive about Nick Mullins, do you know who the all-time leading passer in the history of Southern Miss football is? Southern Miss, where a man named Brett Favre went. Can you guess the top passer ever? I'm going to go out on a limb and say Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins is always the answer. 
Mullins is number one. He had 11,994 yards in his passing career at Southern Miss. Brett Favre was third, only had 7,695 yards. So he's way more prolific. He threw 87 touchdowns compared to Favre's 52. I know it's a different era, but he was amazing. Actually, Austin Davis, who had a run in the pros, was number two. Here, I can't even, I, I don't even know who these other quarterbacks are. But, oh, Reggie Collier, I think he made the pros. Uh, let's see. That's all I got. Southern Miss. I'm just going to bombard you with Nick Mullins' stats until you give me just give me some Nick Mullins love, Marvin. I need a little bit. He played really well against the New York JV Giants. He was he was great. He did his thing. He fixed the pylon. That's his new thing now. Yeah. So I'll take it. But <clears throat> the Niners paid Jimmy G so much money. But I can understand if Nick Mullins starts to go on a run and if Jimmy G is out for the next like four games – and the Niners go 4-0, you're going to have a problem on your hands because do you play the better QB yeah. at the moment or do you play the contract? Well, I think Jimmy G is noticing Nick Mullins playing well and he's going to get back soon, sooner rather than later. It's a weird team because of all the injuries, but mm-hmm. you still, as you saw, you know, you're right, it was Giants, but you saw what that running game can be, um, you know. Most. I know, but they, they do have injuries, man, yeah. everywhere. It's It's kind of disappointing. So we'll see, but uh, I'm all in on Nick Mullins. All right, speaking of crazy takes, I'm going to already say that Nick Foles is the top 10 quarterback all time on the Bears list after one one half. He was making throws. He looked like Kirk Warner in 1999. <laughs> he had like a three-quarters delivery. I don't even know from Nick Foles. We were just coming out there. And Allen Robinson is one of my favorite mm-hmm. Twitter feeds. Uh, he's also a great receiver. Oh, by the way, Nick Mullins, I think, follows me on Twitter, so that is another reason that, that I root for him. Allen Robinson... Do you follow him at all? He's great. No, I I don't. But he's the fantasy darling. Yeah, of he's great. Everyone. Yeah, he had some great plays against Atlanta. So I'm all in on the Bears. Let's see if my DP show cohort Paul Paps agrees. All right, Paul. Thanks for walking over. I have a. I was invited over. I'm a booked guest. Yeah, but I mean, you didn't really have to go that far. No, that's true. But I was officially invited on the podcast. Great to be here. I love the gift bags. Um, yeah, uh, you know, you have to retweet this now, by the way. That's the only... Right. Yeah. So, I understand. All right. Do you, you're still down with doing this segment? I've committed. Once I walk in the room, I'm going to do it. Uh, okay, Paul. I came in Tuesday, actually, Miss Monday, and I was raving about Nick Foles' performance. Now, you were a little skeptical. Now, you have years as a Bears fan, and mm-hmm. as a you know deeply the issues with the Bears quarterback situation. I'm going to make an argument. This is a visual. You can't see it on podcast, but this is the greatest throw by Bears quarterback in quarterback history. <laughs> I know where you're going. I see the setup. Here, let's see it. So this is Can you narrate it for us, right? Yeah. So Nick Foles back in shotgun, little pressure up the middle. He stays in the pocket, does not flinch, and puts a laser to his wide receiver in the end zone in stride. Miller. Yeah. And he got absolutely crushed. Yeah. Have you ever seen a Bears quarterback do that? I would say that Jim McMahon had a play like that. If you remember the game, it was a Monday night game against the um, the Vikings, and McMahon came off the bench. He was not supposed to play, and it was either his first or second touchdown. I'm going to work in Walter Payton, shockingly. Uh, <laughs> there was a blitz right to the middle. Payton just turned the lights out on some linebacker, and Jim McMahon hit McKinnon or Galt for a long touchdown. The same way he was just about to get smoked. But yeah, it, I don't remember McMahon making a lot of big throws. Again, I have to reference something that happened 35 years ago at the quarterback position. Too. Okay, so we have basically a half of Nick Foles, 
Now I have a list of the all-time Bears passers. Are we putting him in the top? Based on that one half, is he already one of the top 10 Bears quarterbacks of all time? Let me read the list of all-time uh, passers. Yeah, go ahead. Tell me where you put him in. Jay Cutler. Are we going Cutler, Ben Foles? Yeah, he didn't throw any interceptions, so yeah, he's over Cutler. Sid Luckman. Luckman's, he's a goat. I didn't see a lot of his work. Yeah. Jim Harbaugh is the third leading Bears quarterback. You know I wouldn't have guessed that in a million years. Jim Harbaugh is a third-leading Bears passer of all time? He had a couple good years back when the team was average, kind of the Neil Anderson era, the uh, yes. Raymond Harris era. Okay. And people liked people liked Harbaugh a lot for that short window. Oh, did they They made the playoffs? They were like a 9-7. Yeah, yeah, he was just a fan favorite. Big, they love Big Ten quarterbacks, whether you could play or not. <laughs> and then McMahon is fourth. The fifth is Eric Kramer. Now, he was there a long time. Eric Kramer had really good stats for the Bears, yeah. and uh, they didn't do much. But um, the quarterback position, the Bears should play without a quarterback. Okay. Let me ask you these guys if any of them were good. Because you can tell me. Uh, Bob Avellini? He was horrible. He was uh, <laughs> Not even... He was horrid. He was horrendous. Like I remember the Avellini, Vince Evans, Mike Phipps era, yeah. and they would rotate these three dudes. Avellini was horrid. Very popular because uh, he handed off really well to Walter Payton. Phipps was a Purdue guy, so he's somewhat liked. Vince Evans had the most talent by far, but they, the Bears had young Vince Evans. That was 77 to 83, Vince Evans. He's 13th all time. Tomzak, right? Mike Tomzak, right ahead of him. He was okay. I remember him. Tomzak was a high end backup. And going back to uh, Bears fans love anyone from the Big Ten. He went to Ohio State. He also played at TF South, or TF North, I think TF North High School in the south side of Chicago. So Tomzak was very well liked. Okay. Jim Miller of Sirius Radio <laughs> was 16th. Kyle Orton, he I feel like he had a moment in the sun. Yeah. Kyle Orton, the Bears? Kyle Orton filled in a couple times. Quite popular. More popular at the bars on Rush Street and Lincoln Ave than uh, <laughs> as a quarterback. But yeah, he had some high-end moments. All our quarterbacks feel like high-end backups. Is there any journeyman who did not play quarterback? I have Dave Craig on here. You got Caleb Haney in the mix? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you have basically Eric Kramer, Dave Craig, and Jim Miller, kind of the same person. Steve Fuller, he's the same, they're all the same guy. The decent backup type guys. Now, you don't, you're not ready to buy that Foles is something different. You know, he has this reputation as a franchise savior because of what, I don't know what, it, he comes in when you don't expect him and he does great things. Yeah. The Bears are three and zero. They shouldn't be, okay. but they are. So you deal with the hand you're dealt. Okay. They have Nick Foles, who they should not have probably spent all that money on. They really shouldn't. It was a mistake to sign him. Should have gotten top. Cam, or just saying in general. They should have got nobody and okay. s just gave the ball to Trubisky and let him play out the string. Mm -hmm. And either is our quarterback or isn't. And even though they they pretty much decided he isn't financially, but now they're in a position where we happen to be three and zero. The Bears happen to be three and zero. They've got this quarterback who. You could go we. I'll go we. I go we all the time on the Eagles, so it's fine. They got Nick Foles, who has shown glimpses of high-end football, which Bears fans aren't used to. And um, now you're 3-0. and You're not playing for the first pick of the draft. That, those That's out. But And you're not the worst team in the, the league, even though you lost Tariq Cohen. But you're like, screw it. We'll just put this guy in, and we're probably going to go 9-7. and Yeah. But maybe we can work in the offseason and get a little talent. We're already paying Nick Foles for this season and next season anyway. You dump Trubisky in the offseason, and you see how good could we be because Detroit's not too good. Minnesota looks like they're regressing. Yeah. Green Bay's going to win the division this year and next year probably. But, hey, can the Bears grab a couple wild cards? Can we do a little uh, Mike and the Mad Dog and go through their schedule? You give me win, dog, or loss. loss. Because they're 3-0, and and I see a bunch of wins on this schedule. Really? Yes, I do. Home versus Indianapolis. This is a lot of coverage of the Bears for you for a year. I know. Is this a national podcast? No, no. I'm. It's my against the grain take is the Bears are going to make the playoffs. 
Oh, but you, that, you didn't tell me this. No, that's I know. So the against the grain pod, you, I know you're a regular listener. I do my three against the grain takes that I used to do on the day. Stop laughing. Right, over, right. That I used to do. My three takes is uh, one of them is the Bears are going to make the playoffs. That's why I was thinking. That's where you know. Look at listen to this set. They get okay. host Indianapolis. They're going to lose. I think they're going to win. You like you like I Indianapolis like this year. You've been on that. They host Tampa Bay. Uh, on Thursday night. They'll probably win that because it's national TV and they shouldn't win. Yeah. But it's national TV and that's when the Bears win. Then they'll lose three straight. But no, no. Look at the schedule. At Carolina, Carolina's rebuilding. Yep. At the Rams, I think the Rams, that's tough. Uh, New Orleans at home. New Orleans might be sliding. Man, I don't know. The Bears could really easily be 0-3. <laughs> I don't do get on board. At Tennessee, Minnesota, at Green Bay, Detroit, Houston who's sliding, at Minnesota, at Jacksonville, and then Green Bay to end the season. There's nine wins in there. I don't know where they are, but there might be nine wins. The Bears are so jacked up at the quarterback position that they start the season where their quarterback, their young quarterback goes 2-0 and in his first two games and gets benched. You know, he yeah. Mitch Trubisky would no matter what you think of him, he was two and zero. Rarely do you lose your job in the NFL when your team wins. You know, I, how many quarterbacks are benched after a win? That, that's, <laughs> that's the true. Bears. They got benched. I know they were losing to the uh, Falcons and they needed Foles for the comeback. But again, Trubisky had just made a great comeback two weeks earlier. They 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 benched him at oh the my weirdest. God, that time. was this year. That was this year. That was week one. The Bears bench quarterbacks after wins, not losses. So that's, would you? But would you bench Trubisky? Um, um, in that game. Again, the quarterback position isn't about play. It's about to me. It's about contracts, and you. Yeah. I think you agree. Yeah, with this. yeah. Oh, you got to take advantage of a cheap quarterback when you can. Right, and I thought the Bears aren't competing for a Super Bowl this year. So you nope. put Mitch Trubisky in for all sixteen games, and you know completely at the end of the season what you have. Then you're forced to either sign him, which is a tough position, because if he plays well, you're really screwed. Because then you got to give him a big contract. Yeah. And if he plays poorly, you move on, and it's Nick Foles and the draft pick you get next year. Okay. Uh, I'm going to move on in one second Ooh. to your radical punter idea. Can you and I combine, and Marvin, you can chime in, can we name every team Nick Foles has been on? I think we can. Where do you go to college? He, he, Arizona? Arizona? Or is Arizona. David Fales? No, no, no. Fales? San, San Jose San State. San Jose State. So uh, Nick Foles, went, he was drafted right around Russell Wilson by the Eagles. Oh, yeah. Like third round right around then. We should have this in front of us. So he's definitely an Eagle. And then he went to the Rams. He got a nice contract and the starting gig for the Rams, and it didn't work out so well. Right. Then did he go to Arizona? Or, or did he I... go to the Eagles again? Was there an Arizona in there? No, maybe he went back to the Eagles. And then Jacksonville? Right. And now Chicago. If there's a bad team, he's going to be there. Yeah, I think, I'm telling you, there's something magical about the dude. He has something. He's going to, he would be exactly the kind of guy to put the Bears in that 10 and 6 limbo for one more year. And does this team remind me? Remember when Mike Brown was a safety and they went yeah. 13 and 3? They weren't a good team then. Rex Grossman was not a quarterback, but they always found a way to win. That was one of the greatest defenses in league history. And if they would have won the Super Bowl that year, was that 06 yeah. against uh, Manning? Yeah. If they would have won the Super Bowl that year, that defense would have got credited because they led the. They were basically covering the whole season for Rex Grossman. Were you into that team? Like, were you? Did you? Were you like? You're kind of a shoe is about to fall. I fan. was so angry that they wasted my time by making the Super Bowl. <laughs> I was sitting in Killington, Vermont, at a ski house with a bunch of non-Bears fans, yeah. trying to watch the Super Bowl. And and then I think uh, was it Hester returns the opening kick? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was all downhill after that. The, the Hester kick was a big waste of time. It got everyone believing they could win. 
Oh, that was. I remember. I got like a quarterback question for you. By the way, Chiefs. One year with the Chiefs oh, for yeah. Foles. He was a backup for the Chiefs. How is it going to be when they have the Super Bowl reunion for the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles and they bring everybody back and they bring back Nick Foles and they bring back Carson Wentz and Carson Wentz who looks like he's I don't know if he's on his way out with Philly but it's going the wrong direction and Nick Foles is remembered as the hero who brought us the Super Bowl yep. ring that we've been wanting for decades. Yep. They, hate <laughs> they hate Wentz. That's it's the nuttiest situation because the the guy they would want to have right now is in Chicago and the guy they remember Pennsylvania and all the jersey yeah. sales. Well, you didn't hear the beginning against the grain. Uh, Wentz is coming back. Oh, he's going to... Well, how can he not? I'm telling you, Alshon Jeffrey's coming back. Wentz, did you see him at the end of the Bengals game? He started running. He's just afraid to run, so he's getting pinned in these... Because of injuries? Sets. Yeah, because he doesn't trust his knee. But he's going to be like, well, if you're going to bench me, I might as well go all out. I feel like... Now, you you were a day one Wentz fan. Are you oh, ready to give up on him? I just don't understand it. I, I mm-hmm. know their talent is a little lower on offense than it was yeah. five years ago, th- even three years ago. Um, but they're... And the offensive line, I mean, that's not helping the case at all. I, I don't like severe overreaction because if he had the talent to do this, he still has the talent to do this. That's a good point. So I would try to surround him and get him back. It's it's kind of like, I think it was um, Andrew Luck threw 40 touchdowns mm. year two or three in his career. And then he cooled off a lot because of injuries, which is similar. And then he came back and had that monster year the year before he retired. It was like Andrew Luck was back. His line was better. His receivers were better. Or T.Y. Hilton. I think Jack Doyle they had. I look at Wentz kind of like Carson, kind of like uh, golf. I'm sorry, like a luck. Yeah. Um, where it's a dip, but you don't bail on that level of talent. Can you imagine if the Indianapolis Colts gave up on luck? Now he retired, which was the biggest curveball all the time. But I think Wentz will be fine. He's still, I think he's 26, 27. Yeah, he's very young. Uh, you know, Goff was pretty bad last year, and he looks really good this year. Yeah, it got, kind of goes year by year. And I would, but you, would you have paid Goff though? You probably, I think they were in a tough position because they just made the Super Bowl. Yeah, that clears right. up everything. You're One right. little thing I would say though: Wentz should just play and not worry about injuries. Look at Cam Newton. Yeah, he's got this shoulder injury. You think he'd protect himself? He's like, oh. if I protect myself, I can't be a threat. Yeah, he, Newton's just going out there and slamming guys. All right, um, you had an idea, a radical idea on the Dan Patrick show this week. I would say. Uh, it definitely took the nation by storm. Yeah, I, I've here's a little backdrop here. I'm anti kicking and punting in the NFL. Not real football. They're not football players. No yeah. offense. Pat McAfee is a great tackler, great guy. I really like his radio show. He's almost him. a real football player. Yeah, but he's yeah, real close. Yeah, uh, kicking and punting is a necessary thing in the game. The coaches don't like it. The players don't like kicking and punting. Yeah. So I years ago said remove kicking and punting somewhat by doing this. A starting position player has to do your punting and kicking which means you're not going to have 57-yard field goals. You're going to have 32-yard field goals. And punting is going to be uh, a crapshoot, but it'll sure be entertaining instead of the uh, antiseptic kicking game where guys are making 55-yarders all day. So my new bit is um, if I had a team and you need a third-string quarterback or an extra defensive back or an extra rusher, I take my backup quick uh, scat-back type running back, teach him how to punt. And I put him back in punt formation. Let's say he can kick the ball 35 yards. All right, that's fine. Um, that's not the farthest punt. Most guys are like 44. But now I have the threat of the fake punt at all times. Now, right. the, the defense will adjust and have everyone spy that guy, but now they're not returning the ball anymore. So the return's out. The return is either out or the fake punt is in play forever. You got to have a choice, one or the other. Yeah, and you basically just tell him, like McAfee used to do, if you see an opening, run. But imagine, you. I can remember the days, and it was more of a pooch punt. Randall Cunningham used to punt once in a while for the Philadelphia Eagles. 
and the ball would run roll seventy five yards yeah. because nobody was back. There. He had a ninety one. He yeah. did ninety one yards. I looked it up. But I, I think if you radically change the position, it's kind of like going for it on fourth and one. You could uh, mess up the the apple cart for everyone else because now, how are you going to defend that as a punt return team? You you remove their punt returner, you remove their their rush because if they rush hard against you, you just cut it outside. And you're going right. But what if it's like fourth and twelve? That's a long way to get. Yeah, then you just punt it. But what if it's a crucial situation? I can't believe I'm taking this so seriously. And you have let's call it Brian Westbrook back there because oh, in my mind that's Brian. Perfect. If Brian Westbrook is back there, it's a crucial situation. Like you're going back and forth in a playoff game, and he shanks a 14 yard punt. That kills you. It's worth it because you're gonna. It's gonna get you there. It's gonna. Uh, you're gonna have enough high end plays. It's like getting shut down on fourth and one because you've been going for it all season. But that strategy overall will will bear out and, and work out for you. I, so you introduced this by saying it was a bit, and now you were like giving like how serious are you? Um. And by the way, Dan said that this has been teased all week. This the first I heard of it was today on air. I was so upset. I was like, I'm usually all in on these. Steve O'Kiner were talking, and I were talking the other day, and I go, I got an idea. And he goes, yeah, pitch that on the air. So Seaton being a good producer is either setting me up to pitch something yeah. terrible on air, and which is, I think, what he's doing. Um, I don't know. I, I just like it because I never am very entertained by the punt anymore. It's yeah. not a very entertaining play. Neither is kicking. And if I could somehow remove that from the game, I think it'd be more fun. Isn't there a college coach, like some small school guy or a high school who never punts? Yeah, that's and yeah. He wins, I think. Yeah, I think he's got a really good. But team. there's probably other high school coaches that don't punt. They got fired because their team was 0-9. So to wrap this up, I feel like I'm way more bullish on the Bears than you. Am I making a mistake here? Should I step back? You know the ebb and flow of this team very well. As a Chicago Bears fan, yeah, um, you keep your expectations as low as possible. Yes. And then you have a handful of nice surprises in your life. <laughs> uh, as an Eagles fan, you you've been there. Yeah, I mean, but since we won the Super Bowl, right. I'm like insane with expectations. Yeah, I, the last Super Bowl I had was before I started shaving. So eighty <laughs> five. Yeah. So think about that for a second. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't uh, I didn't have a driver's license the last time the Bears won the Super Bowl. So that's your, my expectations have been lowered. But think about you're also a Cubs fan. Like now, your expectation for the Cubs, like the Cubs are in the playoffs. You're like, unless they win the World Series, it's a letdown, right? I've uh, made a deal with my personal God about the Cubs, <laughs> and he paid off on his end. I asked for yeah. one Cubs World Series in my lifetime. The big guy came through for me. I now ask for nothing else. You're done? With the Cubs, I've made an agreement, yes. Okay. I want to honor my end of the agreement. If they win a World Series, I'll, I'll clap, but I will not pray or hope for them to win the World Series. If the Bears win the World Series with Nick Foles— is it that team will never live up to the '85 team though? Will there be a little bit of ah, that's nice, but you're no '85 Bears? Um, well, yes, because anyone over 45, I guess, in Chicago, 40, um, the '85 Bears are the end all. But it's been long enough where the Bears fans are like, okay, yeah. there's there's a lot of people under 40 years old who would like a victory. That to me is we've talked about this before. This is that is the most famous Super Bowl team of my lifetime. They stand I'm, out because they won one as well. Yeah, but it was a Super Bowl shuffle. It was how good they were. It was Peyton, Fridge Perry. It was everything about this. I mean, name, I can't even think of maybe one of the Patriots. I, who's even a competitor? It's like, For, one, like a single Super Bowl team yeah, that's I mean, real famous. Marvin, you're 35, right? Or something like that? Yeah, I'm 36. Is that the most famous team you remember? Or you don't even remember? I don't even remember. I was born in 84. Right. Yeah. But the 85 Bears, they are the best team i've ever heard of yeah and the way people speak on them like people that are in their 50s and especially for that one championship yeah. i think it makes it even more 
special, I guess. Yeah. Or like because the Giants yeah. won two, the Redskins won a few, mm-hmm. the Niners won a few, and it was just that for that one year yeah. they were unstoppable. I and it's almost like the two thousand Ravens. Yeah, I would say the other teams that are like that. The seventy Steelers, I think they won yeah. four in a seven-year span or eight-year span, and I I can name them all, and I think most people can name them yep. all. The Cowboys, where they, I think they won two in three years. You mean with the Jerry Jones ones or the the, uh, the older ones? The 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 cowboy, yeah, the Cowboys of the Michael Irvin Cowboys. Three, yeah, three and four, three and four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you do it in a tight window like that, I still think the Steelers are probably the most famous team of all time because that core: Franco Harris, Rocky Blyer, Stallworth, Swan. Webster, you Bradshaw, can name all the yeah. linemen. I can name it all, all the defensive players. They're all in the Hall of Fame, too. They're all in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. And it really props you up to be in the Hall of Fame. If the Chicago Bears had won, let's say they won two of three. Yeah. You know, 86, 87, they got, I think they got knocked out by the Redskins. That would prop them up for a little mini dynasty. And, right. And I think more guys would have got in the Hall. I think Dan Hampton made it in the Hall of Fame because he was on the 85 Bears. He was a very good player. Absolutely. Also, uh, Steve McMichael became a pro wrestler off of the 85 <laughs> Bears. Oh, they, every one of those guys was a character. There's not a guy in the 85 Bears who's not working in Chicago right now in yeah. some media capacity. Mm, yeah. There's you know Mike Tomzak, Tom Thayer. These are like linemen and backup yeah. quarterbacks who have made a 30-year career in Chicago media. Who was the 46 defense guy? That was Doug Plank. Doug Plank, Doug right. Plank was a hard-hitting safety in the, last, in the late 70s, early 80s. He was actually injured. He had a back injury. Yeah. And... He was cut maybe in '83. He and Fensick were together. Gary Fensick. Fensick, who was he was a Hall of Fame level. Yeah, hard hitting. Fensick was a cheap shot guy a little bit. Uh, uh, Plank was a hard hitting cheap shot guy, and I mean, use that as a compliment. Yeah. And Buddy Ryan liked him so much, he named the defense after him. It has nothing to do with the formation of like four yeah. and six. <laughs> I I never knew that. I thought forever it was four and six. It's yeah. because. Of, <laughs> Uh, did he go to Yale? I want to say he's a Yale. Gary Fensick went to Yale. Doug oh, Fensick went to Yale. Okay. Doug Plank, maybe U- USC. Uh, no, Jeff Fisher went to USC. Okay. He was in that right. mix. Yeah. Doug uh, Plank's Ohio State. Okay. Yeah, that that is such a crew. Uh, one more. What if the 2007 Patriots had gone undefeated? Would that team have surpassed them? Not it, really, right? Uh, boy. They were a big team, but. Yeah, it's the problem with the Patriots is they did it a lot yeah. over the course of 20 years. They didn't have one thing. Yeah. The Bears had this spike where they took over America, and then they receded back into the night two years later. Yeah. Paul, a quick question. The 07 Patriots, would they have been the 96 Bulls? Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. They would have been. On, oh. I still think the 96 Bulls are considered a better team than the 73-win the Warriors, the 73 win Warriors did not win the title that year. So that's why they are removed from that list, even though they won 73 in the regular season. Absolutely. You're right. So the Patriots are the Golden State Warriors. And the Patriots had Moss, that Patriot team. You had one of the great receivers of all time. and uh, But still, like they weren't the Jordan Bulls, the 90, the 72, because that team had Jordan and Rodman and Pippen. Maybe it's my age. It's probably my age. That is the most special NBA team without even... Question. I can remember as I was uh, in Chicago, it was my last year in Chicago, watching that Bulls team, the uh, 72 win team. And the games were entertaining as they were entertainment. They weren't a challenge. I can remember watching just a general yeah. game. Let's say you're playing the Orlando Magic, a good team. And the Bear, the Bulls would be down 11 at half. You'd be like, well, I mean, nothing's, <laughs> nothing's going to happen here. They're going to win the game by uh, two or three or four or five. Uh, it, it was really just entertainment. It was not a challenge. And that's the way that 85 Bears Super Bowl team felt like. After about maybe a third of the way through the season, I think it was like game six or seven, they beat the Cowboys 44-0. to zero. The Cowboys. And the Bears didn't play the Cowboys very often. To beat the Cowboys on national wow. TV 44-0, to zero, the rest of the season felt like a coronation. 
and my buddies and I would just hang out with, at each other's houses and enjoy the game, but not worry about the result. Yep. I remember Dan Marino beating them on Monday Night Football. It was Monday Night, right? That was a miracle. And here's how cocky the 85 Bears are. Yeah. They recorded the Super Bowl shuffle video the morning after they lost wow. on wow. Monday Night Football to Dan Marino. Yeah. And they, if they had won that game, they probably would have been the next undefeated yes. team. Because uh, I think what they, they gave up 13 points in three playoff games, I think it was. Oh, oh, they just dominated. Yeah, they destroyed the Giants, right? And the Rams, and yeah. then 46-10 to 10 in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that Super Bowl. Who was the quarterback for the Patriots? Eason? Tony Eason. Tony Eason. Illinois guy. Bears would have loved him. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we've. I don't even That's know what talk. we'll establish here. Yeah, yeah, but we could. I think we should cut this off because if we start talking like – we already we just did the ninety six bowl. Can we do a little late seventies, early eighties to Paul basketball as long as you got no, I, well, I got can we talk eighty two, eighty three Sixers and when Moses Malone came over? Because that is a team right there. I, I don't know if I told you this, but I got tickets to see the Bulls when I was in high school. It was a friend's dad and his dad was a lawyer for the Bears. And so he got access to tickets. Oh nice. And we got to see Doctor J. I think I'm almost. What is Doctor J's last season? Eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. I think. Okay, we got to see Doctor J in eighty-seven versus Michael Jordan. It was not the greatest game, and Doctor J was averaging like twelve a game. But I can remember we had pretty good seats, and we were by the tunnel. And I think this was only my second professional basketball game. I, once the Bear, the Bulls got good. Yeah. I was interested in basketball, and then I couldn't get tickets. Yeah. You know, oh as soon yeah. As the yeah. Bulls became Michael Jordan, and so this was my first or second professional basketball game, and we were by the tunnel. And Dr. J in his full warm up was standing there, and I could have, I could have thrown a pack of gum and hit him in the head. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't reach out, but I can remember just staring at him for about five minutes because to me that was a superstar. And Michael Jordan was not the world famous guy yet. Dr. J was more famous, and he was standing there and he had a little gray on his temples, and he had the warm up button all the way up, the old warm up with the yeah. blue, uh, collar. It's like blue, probably. And I, my yeah. friends and I were just staring. I was like, "There's Dr. J," yeah. and, I, and I can remember just thinking, "This is really neat to just." He was just standing by himself waiting for the introductions. Oh, that's amazing. And I hadn't thought about that in years, and I don't remember the game at all, but I can remember seeing Dr. J. Oh, I've told you guys the Roy Henson story, right? No. We might have to edit this out. Can I just tell you real quick? This is when you uh, stole something from his car, isn't it? No, no. Dr. J and Mo Cheeks and Roy Henson. Remember they traded the number one pick for Roy Henson? Sure, great move. Uh, <laughs> are getting massages after the game. They're only wearing white towels. So Mo Cheeks and Dr. J are lying there, and Roy Hinson gets a phone call. Uh, and my friend from high school is sitting there with one of Dr. J's kids talking to Dr. J and Mo Cheeks, who are um, getting massages. Roy Hinson gets a phone call. Apparently, he starts jumping up and down because he just had a baby, so he's really excited. Uh, I guess the towel fell off. So my friend said he looks over at Dr. J's son, and Dr. J's son is just staring in utter like shock and <laughs> awe. <laughs> Apparently, Roy Henson with his towel off was a sight to be seen. He said, Dr. J and Mo Cheeks start laughing so hard. They're <laughs> crying laughing because it was a running joke with that Sixers team. Do you think that's why they traded to get Roy Henson? Because they heard <laughs> the rumors? I don't know. I don't know if they do that kind of scouting back right. then. Right. That's a deep dive. No pun. <laughs> but uh, my friend always says, he's, I, looked at, I looked at my friend and he was just like looking. His eyes were wide and his <laughs> mouth was open. Like it was just. Oh, my God. Yeah, we definitely should edit no, this no, out. for sure. That's, I like, think it's the, a good story. That's the Roy Henson story. Uh, but Dr. J is the coolest. Take that, Bill Simmons. Man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Paulie. Later. I was super fun. Marvin, we could have gone on for hours talking about great teams. Paulie and I are like classic sports fans. Like, uh, I think Paulie, you know, he worked at ESPN Classic with that short run thing. So he definitely knows that era really well. Uh, before we break real quick. 
You and I are both NBA heads. Do you see the finals going past four games? No. Yeah. I thought maybe five, but after this first game where you just kind of saw the Lakers just take control completely and just demolish the Heat. And if the Heat are injured, and if Dragic and Bam and Jimmy aren't 100%, Lakers, Lakers in three. <laughs> well, I, I had a DP show poll question today. Uh, who would the Lakers rather have the Heat switch on to LeBron? Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, or should the Heat just run to the other end and start playing offense when that switch happens? I mean, they were like, the Lake, they can't, they switch all the time and make these terrible matchups. Like, poor Tyler Hero is covering uh, Anthony Davis. He can't cover him at all. They should just have somebody out of bounds waiting to inbound the ball. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Basically, you see that switch happen at the top of the. And I heard someone talk about this. Like, so they're basically. They're playing Rajon Rondo like a shooter now, so mm-hmm. you have to chase after him. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you agree with Scottie Pippen's take that this is just pickup basketball? Around finals time every year, you can depend on Scottie Pippen yeah. for some type of crazy take, no matter what it is. Um, I, can I just say my take? I, I do agree with him. There is a pickup basketball field. Guys are shooting better than they normally would. Jamal Murray was not going to do that. But I think if the Lakers had a normal home and away thing, they would have cruise passes. I think they would have crushed the Nuggets even more. I, I think the home and away would have been fine for the Lakers. So I do agree. The shooting is uncharacteristic, but the Lakers, if anything, were hurt by the bubble. I, I think they would have crushed everybody in a normal circumstance. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I don't think they lose a game to Portland or to Houston. Or I think they sweep the West. Yeah. If they just go home and away, just, you know, yeah. when life was normal, it would have been you know, 12 and 0. Yeah. I mean, unless those, uh, Katavis Caldwell Pope's going to miss threes. I mean, they could go cold. They could even drop a game in this series where they just go cold. They were hot last night. If the second he hit a fadeaway three, I'm like, oh, this is over. I almost, they were still down by 10. And I'm like, I'm going to turn the chill. Then Markeith Morris comes in, hits nothing but net from three. That's deadly. If those guys play, Caruso has had a couple drives. Yeah. They're, they're really good. I would have loved to see the Clippers Lakers. Oh. I'm blaming everything on the Clippers. I don't want to hear anything about a cakewalk because yeah. guess what? Clippers, you guys were up three to one. There was nobody that was hurt or anything like that. You were up 12 and 19 in closeout games. So I don't even want to hear it about LeBron cakewalk because you guys could have been there to stop it. Absolutely. Uh, so if the Heat come back and win this, can we like go back and edit this out? I don't know how this works. I mean, we'll put it out into the world, but can we go back and make sure that's all a race? Unfortunately, it'll be on freezing cold takes. I don't know if the the back end of the Against the Grain podcast makes freezing cold takes. I already have enough stuff out there on freezing cold takes. I mean, he's a constant <laughs> follower, big fan of mine. You know, the one that he every draft he starts the uh, starts the draft off by my tweet about how Luke Keekley will never work in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> Panthers wasted a pick there. I mean, but the thing about freezing cold takes is everybody gets it. Like you're all you're everyone's going to have a w- at least one yeah. terrible prediction no oh. matter what. And I'm so proud of being we all love it. Ross Tucker got killed for a Dan Patrick show take. He said that the Ravens were going to easily destroy the Chiefs on Monday night and freezing cold takes loved it. All right, so related to the Chiefs how many games do, do the Chiefs lose this year? Mm. I don't have their schedule in front of me, but a few. I, I think they go 13-3. and three. You saw it. You guys don't know Andy Reid like I know Andy Reid. I watched Andy <laughs> Reid 
for 15 years. He's going to Andy read some things. So they came out in the second half against the Ravens. Of course, they, they start driving, like always, and they fumble the ball. I'm like, ah, oh, that's interesting. Feels like they might want to make this a game. Mm-hmm. Then they had the ball in midfield, and they have fourth and one, and they hand it off to the fullback and get stuffed. So all of a sudden, it's a game. Andy Reid's going to do a couple things to make things interesting. He doesn't like boring blowout wins. The Chiefs, I mean, that's a team that fell by 24-0 the Texans in the playoffs. They will not make it as easy on themselves as everyone thinks. They're just He's just not that kind of coach. Belichick is. Andy Reid is not. It's so fun. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he caught a ball that I don't like. Julio Jones could barely catch. That dude can catch. He's awesome. I'm all in, but I say they drop a few. Why are you? Uh, you think it may be sixteen and zero, even though they needed overtime to beat the Chargers? No, but that happens every single year yeah. when a team starts three and zero. Yeah, with you know some impressive wins. Yeah, and it's oh, can they go sixteen and zero? Let's get to like ten and zero, and then I start talking about it. But other than that, it's so difficult to win. Like they're pros. Yeah. So one team is going to. Catch you. But so, we haven't even mentioned the fact that who knows if, what's going to happen with this season because of coronavirus. Like, we just found out this is Thursday that they're not doing the Titan Steelers. So I, I, don't, I don't know if they all get to 16 games. I mean, you know, I just want everyone to be healthy and I don't care if it goes 16 games. I'd like to, just like the NBA, get enough of a season where you can get to a legit playoffs. Uh, you know, I, I've loved having NFL back, it's been so fun. But hey, listen, my, my ex, I'm not going to kill them if they miss games. This is the year of the pandemic. Do what you can, right? Where do you stand? No, I'm with you completely. Yeah. Just like the NBA and the NHL and MLB, yeah. like, hey, let's do what we can. Yeah. Let's try to be as safe as possible. And, you know, everyone stays safe, stays healthy, and can play. And, you know, let's get a let's get a champion out of this. Well, I couldn't disagree more on MLB, though. MLB is a joke. You're wearing your Yankees hat right now. Because the Phillies didn't make it, and it's a joke. The Phillies have made it in perfectly legit. <laughs> That's it. my complete take. Is it doesn't even count to me the second the Phillies didn't make the playoffs. If they had been in the playoffs, I'd be talking about nothing but Phillies right now. So I know that's a little one sided, but uh, I can't give MLB any credit. Well, lucky us. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Marvin. I uh, hope you enjoyed Against the Grain. If you don't already, please subscribe. Talk to you later. Against the grave Against the grave